Welcome back to Coming Home Well. I'm your host, Dr. Tyler Piron, and thank you for joining us. It's been a rough week for a lot of veterans. A lot of people are reaching out, which is absolutely fantastic, to our vets who have served in Afghanistan. It is absolutely heartbreaking to see these images of Americans and our soldiers and our sailors and our Marines dying to a suicide bomber when it could have been entirely preventable with a better plan. So I know a lot of people are very frustrated, and I'm certainly as frustrated as any. And that is the reason we decided to have a talk with Robin Mellenbeck. She's from GMU, and she's talking about the mental health services that are available up in the GMU, uh, Northern Virginia area. But it's just a really good reminder that if you are having a challenge, you need to go ask for help. And if you're having a crisis reach out, call 911, or you can call the Veterans Administration's 24-hour emergency contact at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. You can actually send them a chat and start by texting them. You can just text 838-255 if you're more comfortable that way. And you, of course, can call 911 if you're thinking of harming yourself or others. But the important thing is that you reach out for help. A lot of veterans are really frustrated at seeing 20 years of combat just end up the way it's been ending up. And that's okay to feel that way. It's incredibly frustrating. And you might have a lot of questions. You might be considering, why the heck did I spend so much time and effort and, and heartbreak to see it end this way? But there's a ton of services out there that you can turn to, that you can get help with. We're going to talk with Robin Mellenbeck. Uh, She's from the George Mason University. They offer a free clinic for veterans up there. But I don't want to steal her thunder, so we're going to have Robin on here in just a minute. But as we go out through the week, Afghanistan, absolute crap show. The good thing is that we're leaving. The bad thing is how we're doing it. And if you're having a challenge, if you're Well, if you'd like to talk to someone, go talk to somebody. That's the most important thing. So with that, thanks so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. And here's our talk with Robin, uh, Robin Mellenbeck with the George Mason University. We have Robin Mellenbeck. She's a PhD and is the director of the GMU Center for Psychological Services. She's a clinical professor at the Department of Psychology at George Mason, and she's going to share with us the things that they're doing for veterans up there. Welcome, Robin. Thank you very much, Tyler. I'm very happy to be here. We are really glad to have you. Tell us, what are you doing at GMU? So we are excited to share the George Mason Center for Psychological Services. As you suggested, we actually serve the entire community. Most people think that we only serve the Mason students, but that is not correct. We're actually a training clinic for doctoral students in clinical psychology, and we have some other um, behavioral health professionals, and we serve 
Northern Virginia. And now that we're actually doing telehealth, we, we can really serve any veteran across the state of Virginia um, because our reach is a lot broader now that we can access the telehealth. So I know you had asked, what, what does that mean? And we provide psychological services, which includes testing and therapy, again, for anyone in the community. But we have a special program specifically for our veterans um, in the state of Virginia. And veterans are eligible to receive individual therapy, couples therapy. A lot of times we actually see the kids of veterans. Um, so we, we do child therapy. We also do a lot of testing. We work with uh, legal partners around the state to help veterans who um, have been denied benefits that they really should have earned. And we work with the legal partners to do what we call an independent medical evaluation around psychological issues such as anxiety or PTSD or depression. And then, you know, we really help determine and help help the veterans make the case um, for the benefits that they have earned. So what kind of testing is that? I've never been really that familiar with the type of testing that you'd have for PTSD or anxiety or anything like that. That's a great question. You know, a lot of it is doing what we call structured clinical interviews. You know, most veterans are familiar with the CMP process um, through the VA, which, again, they do their absolute best to evaluate whether a veteran um, qualifies for a diagnosis of PTSD or depression or anxiety. However, they're limited by the fact that they only have a little bit of time. Our evaluations, especially because our advanced doctoral students are involved, we end up spending anywhere from six to eight hours with the veterans, um, really going through a variety of structured questions that the research says um, helps us really determine whether somebody meets criteria for a diagnosis. And after spending all of that time, and again, it's, it's done in a very supportive way um, as well to see if somebody meets that criteria. Did that make sense? <laughs> It did. The entire idea that, you know, spending 20 minutes with somebody at a compensation and pension evaluation can really help diagnose or make sure that somebody actually has something never made much sense to me. So how long have you all been helping veterans really get the benefits that they deserve? So we, I want to say we started in 2017 with, um, in a partnership with the Virginia Department of Veterans Services and several of their, um, the folks in their benefits and legal teams reached out um, after they had some veterans in Northern Virginia who really needed to be seen. This was a program that was actually started um, with the Polar Clinic down at William & Mary. And then we got involved because, again, we needed to expand the geographic location. And then it's grown from there um, as we've, you know, worked with other partners um, throughout the area. And, and, of course, our own veterans clinic here at Mason and that. With that, you've been doing it since 2017. Now, the, you mentioned students, and sometimes people get a little hesitant about seeing a student provider or an intern or 
something like that. So what are the people that are actually providing these services? That is a great question, Tyler. So yes, the direct services are provided by the advanced doctoral student. Um, however, all of them have been doing research and working with veterans or military populations, depending on the area specifically of their research. And they're all closely supervised and work with those of us who are licensed. So again, I find that you actually have a win-win when you're working with an advanced student or an intern like that, because A, they're very motivated to get it right. <laughs> they know that they're being kind of you know supervised and overseen by those of us who have been doing this for a longer time. And they tend to be very, very motivated to connect and help our veterans. So kind of you almost get double the benefit because not only are you getting the expertise and the connection with the doctoral student, but they have to then justify everything. They have to go over everything. And then you have also the person who has a higher level of expertise really reviewing everything about the case. A lot of these testing um, sessions do end up in a written report. And we always go over that with the veterans so that they have that to help pursue whatever next steps, including if treatment is recommended. So it almost sounds like there's actually an additional benefit in that the person that they're seeing is really trained on all the latest and greatest and most current science about how to treat someone and identify the symptoms. Because if somebody is sort of doing it part time or it's been 30 years since they were in school, they may not be up on the latest uh, TBI research or the latest PTSD or anxiety or whatever the situation is that's affecting the veteran. I would agree with that, Tyler. Again, because they're, you know, our goal is to stay up on the most current research, the most current treatment. And to be honest, the students keep us on our feet. The faculty who are supervising these evaluations or therapy sessions have to stay up on the latest research about what works best. And it's in everyone's best interest um, to do it in the quickest and most efficient way. That's the correct way to help our veterans get back on their feet. So what are you seeing in the clinic as things changed over time? I mean, traditionally, you know, beginning of the war, we didn't really have the TBI issues. And then all of a sudden, everybody's realizing that TBI is very co-committant with PTSD or it's completely separate, but they get diagnosed with PTSD and the treatments don't work because they don't really have PTSD. They have TBI issues. Yeah, so we, we've actually seen, we, we see quite a range of issues. Again, I think we think about PTSD with our veterans most. And the good news is for those who are suffering from PTSD, there are excellent treatments that work that can help. And again, we spend a lot of time training our students on how to do those treatments as well as implementing those. If there are other issues, we are a psychological services center, so we're not going to actually diagnose TBI, but we can assess and treat some of the effects of the TBI and also distinguish between the difference. We also have seen, interestingly, there was a period of time in the military where active duty military or who were separated from the military were diagnosed with a borderline personality disorder. 
and this has some pretty major effects on future medical access through the benefits. And so we've done a number of evaluations to really determine if that was an accurate diagnosis or not. And that has been very life-changing for quite a number of the veterans we've worked with. The last part we see a lot is diagnosis related to military sexual trauma. And again, not only are we able to correctly and evaluate and diagnose that, but then there are treatments that can really help some of our veterans. Because our students have spent so much time on the testing and the assessment, we've had several veterans who have felt comfortable staying on for therapy. And that's been a big change. So one of the big differences that I think I'm hearing, and I just want to make sure that I'm understanding it right, is that the challenges that someone might be presenting with, like depression or anxiety or PTSD type symptoms, might actually be military sexual trauma, might be a TBI-related issue. So there's this whole flux of different things, and the testing really helps focus what is really going on and what is the best treatment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if, you know, again, you don't do the full testing, which is okay, too, we're still going to be really working at, let's say, if you were interested in just exploring the therapy side, we're still going to be looking for what is kind of based on what information you're sharing, what is going to be the best treatment to help you get better. So if someone is coming to your clinic and they're a veteran, do they have to participate in some of these studies that go on there? Is there any scientific studies that are ongoing? I know a lot of the teaching schools do a lot of research studies, and I know veterans sometimes shy away from them for that reason. That's a great question. So we do keep what we call a clinical research database that we ask anyone who obtains services if they're comfortable with their data being included in that. But if somebody checks on the consent form, no, it does not affect the services that they receive whatsoever. So there is no requirement to be part of any study at our center. That's a whole big sigh of relief for a lot of veterans. And again, I think one of the things that a lot of our veterans have seen is that when they come back from their active duty or when, you know, depending on whatever deployments they've had, sometimes it's the relationships, whether it's a significant other, whether it's with their kids. And we've actually seen a number of veterans who've been much more willing to come in to help their kids out or to help their relationships. And that also gives us an opportunity to really help everybody at home so that things can get better. So I just want to circle back just a little bit. So normally you're up in Northern Virginia around the Mason community, but you serve all the veterans in the community, anybody that needs help. How do they get access? How do they reach out to you? That's a great question. So again, any veteran is welcome to reach out. We have all of our information on our website which is www.psyclinic.gmu.edu. They can also call or email. Our phone number is 703-993-1370. I will highlight, too, that it is important to identify as a veteran when you reach out. We actually have a specific fund that helps cover the cost of any services here for our veterans. 
So the fund is called the Jennifer DeMauro Memorial Fund for Veterans. was recently created in memory of one of our graduates who devoted her, unfortunately, too short career to helping veterans with trauma. And so we actually have funds to cover the services for veterans who need therapy or testing. So to translate for everybody that's listening, so if you're a veteran and you anywhere near the Mason community or while we're in COVID, pretty much anywhere in the Commonwealth, you can reach out and they're going to give you the help you need for free. Is that pretty much what I'm hearing? That is what you are hearing. Um, Again, we do our best to really help make our services affordable to anyone in the community. So even if you have non-veterans listening, our fees are based on a sliding scale. We have people during COVID paying $5 for a therapy session. However, the veterans in in our community throughout the Commonwealth are eligible for services for free. Absolutely. And that is a big thing, especially with the economy the way it is and so many people losing their jobs, but then they also need to get the help that is being readily available, but they don't know about, which is the reason we have you on the show today. So the GMU Center for Psychological Services, you're up there in Northern Virginia. Where is really the area that you see most of your patients? Where are they coming from? Yeah, most of our clients are from the Northern Virginia area. Having said that, again, since COVID, we have shifted to telehealth. And because of that, we are seeing a few more clients from around the state. So we are able to reach more people now. And even once the pandemic is over, I don't think we will ever not include telehealth as part of our service. But most, I would say up to this point, most of our veterans are from Northern Virginia or Middle Virginia. We've had actually quite a number of folks from Hampton Roads come down and see us, or I guess come up and see us. (laughs) Yeah, it's an easy one to switch around. So... I always ask this for all of my guests, and so I'll ask you as well. What is something that I should have asked about what you're doing for our veterans but didn't? Oh, that's a great question. I think you asked all the questions. I think I would just like to highlight that we have a group that's incredibly motivated to share the expertise that we have to help our veterans' lives get better. and. If somebody is struggling with PTSD or anxiety or depression, there are treatments that work. And we would love the opportunity to help show you that. And we do understand the military culture, which I do think is another barrier at times to people coming for psychological help. Personally, I think it's a huge barrier because you're trying to translate all these unique factors that are not really present in the civilian society and pressures and unspoken and spoken taboos. And then you have to explain it to somebody. So if somebody does understand it, it's so much easier. Yep. I mean, many of our doctoral students who are passionate in this area have connections to the military. One of my advanced doctoral students who's worked with me for several years, her husband is currently active duty, and she grew up in a military family and is passionate about learning ways to help other both active duty and veteran families, again, be able to live the lives they want to live. That sounds cliche, but it's so important. (laughs) 
No, no, it's absolutely important. And it is critical, especially as we have so many veterans that are committing suicide every day, most of whom could be helped if they knew how to get access to the resources. So, Robin, one of the things with the military folks, especially people up in the Northern Virginia area, but across the country that have security clearances, they work at sensitive locations or they just don't want their chain of command to know about that they are getting mental health care. When they show up at GMU, do you guys record anything, take insurance, do any of those things that would allow the Veterans Administration or the government to know that they're getting help? That is a great question, Tyler. In fact, many folks in our area actually will come to our center specifically because they don't want things being reported to an insurance company. We don't accept insurance because we have the reduced fees. And because of that, no records leave our center. In full disclosure, because it's a training clinic, we do um, have sessions that are video recorded for the purpose of the supervisor, the licensed person listening, but they are not part of the medical record. They are deleted immediately. So even if somehow we got a subpoena from a judge, we can we go back to the client. We say, hey, for some reason, someone's subpoenaing your records. How do you want us to handle it? First, no recording is ever part of that because those are gone. The medical records, we still can even fight a subpoena if somebody does not want something released. And again, that's rare. It's, it's very rare that we even get subpoena for records. So that was a very long answer to, no, we don't report information to insurance companies. We certainly don't report information to the VA, to security officers. It is confidential information within the center. And because of where we're at in Northern Virginia, we actually do um, serve quite a number of folks that worry about security clearances because they don't want that information shared. That is the collective sound of a big breath of relief from many veterans and and people who work in the security field after they leave service. We've been talking with Robin Mellenbeck. She's a PhD and the director of the GMU Center for Psychological Services. They're not just for the GMU community. Not just the Mason community, but anybody in the Commonwealth right now, especially with telehealth, they can help you if you're a veteran or anybody else, really. But they have a special fund to help veterans. So I very much appreciate you coming on the show, Robin, and sharing the great work. I had no idea that this resource was available. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm thrilled to share it and was absolutely thrilled to talk with you. If any other questions come up, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Until all are home and all are well, this is Coming Home Well. Coming home well.